Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Outreach. That's Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale, from automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up sales time, to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best. Outreach has your back. It's a great product. The company is filled with amazing people. And I can tell you firsthand, Outreach will make your sales org better. Do yourself a favor and check them out today. The Sales Leadership Podcast is also brought to you by Exvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Exvoyant today. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers in, in, in your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. We appreciate each of our listeners and are committed to introducing you to the most innovative, most successful sales leaders in the world. If you like what you hear, please keep those reviews coming on your favorite podcast sites. Your reviews make it easier for more people to find this show and be introduced to these sales success blueprints. Now... Get ready for some sales insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high growth sales leaders share high growth practices and tactics. Today, we have a very special guest. It's me, uh, my man, Max Altschuler, good friend of me, even better friend of the show, is appearing as his third appearance, the only three-time appearance, and that's because he's the number one downloaded guest for us of all time. Max reached out to me, uh, A, is my friend, B, Outreach, we are pleased to have uh, as a sponsor of the show for the last couple of months. Uh, and he had, he had this like, crazy idea. He's like, hey, let me come interview you because your perspective on what's going on with sales leadership is something I think we should share. So... I want to reintroduce a good friend of the show and uh, head of marketing at uh, a good company that we all love, Outreach. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, or should I say thanks for me having you, because now I get to, <laughs> to flip the tables on you. I mean, um, you know, I was, I was listening to the podcast and, and looking at the speakers you had, and I'm like, one thing's missing. Rob Jepson, you never got a chance to share your knowledge and you've got a wealth of it. You're always one of our top rated speakers, whether it's been a sales hacker conference or, uh, you know, one of our, you know, unleash events that we do for outreach. So, you know, the world's missing out. We're missing out on, on, on you, man. So, um, I think let's talk about uh, that before we go farther. Like outreach unleash is coming up. You and me are going to be there together. Uh, I'm excited. We've been, we've been promoting it on, on the podcast for the last month and a half. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's do more than just have a blurb. Let's talk about that for a second. Cause I, I think that your event is a top event that everyone needs to go to. If you're a sales leader uh, or aspire to be one, can we talk about Unleash just for a second and give that a little bit of, of time? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the world of sales is changing and we're going to talk a lot, a lot about, you know, what you call the, the sales leadership crisis right now. And I think there's a, a crisis in general in sales 
Um, some of the things we spoke about, you know, previously in the past, uh, you know, more, more tools in the sales stack than ever before, um, more reps missing goal, uh, turnover at an all-time high. Uh, you're talking about um, Gen Z and millennials now taking leadership positions, but also being the ones who are being managed. And there are new tactics that come with that. These people are, you know, native to social media. They're different than the previous generations that were being managed for the last you know, decade or two. So there's some things that you need to do, some change management that you need to uh, employ at your organization. So Unleash is the sales engagement conference. We'll be talking not only about, you know, outreach and the things that you can do, you know, with our platform, but just the new era of sales and, and how to build a modern sales organization the right way. Um, you know, there's some change management involved anytime you are going from old to new. And in some, you know, in, in some cases, the enterprise organizations, they're going from the status quo to, you know, a modern sales process. And then we've got hyper growth companies that are trying to figure out, okay, I just got from zero to one or one to 10 million in revenue. How do I get from 10 to 20, 20 to 50, 50 to hundred. So everybody's got something to learn. It's very practitioner led, you know, um, folks like Kelly Wright and Elisa Fink who took Tableau from zero to 1.2 billion in ARR. That's in revenue, not evaluation. Um, as the VP, uh, EVP of sales and the CMO coming in to talk about, you know, kind of their do's and don'ts and, and, and journey at Tableau, you know, uh, on that ride. We've got Mike Clayville, who's the head of worldwide sales um, and business development for Amazon Web Services, the fastest growing SaaS company of all time, largest SaaS company of all time. Amazon Web Services itself is, um, I think, 36 uh, billion annual, recover, annual recurring revenue. And wow. so Mike's got, I think, uh, you know, 13,000 reps doubling every year, something like that. Uh, so he'll be speaking. Um, we've got some really good uh, practitioners as well, a lot from our customers, Adobe, Red Hat, um, Workday, uh, Tableau, you name it. So, Well, um, I was there last year. I had a great time presenting at it. But more important, I thought that the networking and just the quality of the event, it was, it was mind-blowing to me how good it was. And um, you had a great, great location, great everything. This location is also great. We're going to be in San Diego. Uh, at April. The perfect time yeah. of year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so I give my strongest endorsement and I hope everybody that listens to the podcast figures out a way to get there, man. Cause there's still a few seats left. It's been going fast. I know you're, you uh, yeah. got more than ever before. There's a few left. It, it's going to sell out. We sold that last year with two weeks uh, to go. And we had a 589 person wait list. So we'll sell out. The event is April 7th to the 9th. So check it out. Unleash.outreach.io is the site. But, um, you know, my favorite part of Unleash is I get to hang out with you because you'll oh, be man. speaking there. You're always our, one of our highest rated speakers. And you'll be talking about this, you know, sales leadership crisis. Yeah. There's a crisis in sales leadership. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? So I think there's a, a big crisis right now. I, I spoke on this at Dreamforce. It was the number one rated uh, large enterprise presentation at Dreamforce last year. And I think that this is a big deal. You already alluded to it, um, Max. There, there's a couple of things that set the stage. I, I think of like these nasty fires that have happened in, in California, for instance, where there's a little spark and all of a sudden that burns out of control and you can't rein it in. We have a similar thing happening right now where all of this fuel for a wildfire is existing. And I believe the fire has started already. A couple of things you talked about. Number one, we have tools out the ass. I mean, we've got so many tools. The average is like 15 tools in a sales stack right now. People are spending so much money. And some of them you got to have like outreach and your CRM and some of the other things. But people are like making bets on, on others, hoping that it will help them sell. And the reality is it's not. 
the reason people are skeptic of buying SaaS technology right now is most of the time it's not helping. Uh, we have more people missing gold than ever before. Jim Dickey and CSO Insights has showed that it's for eight years in a row, the percentage of reps hitting gold has continued to fall. Um, takes us to the third thing. We have a mutual friend, Amy Volus. Amy came on the show as well. She shared the newest number, 34% of salespeople switch jobs. When you have a third of your sales team turning over, that says more about the organization than anything else in my opinion, okay? Um, and finally, that's costing sales leaders jobs. The sales leader tenure has turned over faster than ever before. It's gone to 18 months instead of 24 just a few years ago. But here's why it's a problem. All this bad stuff's happening, but Max, when we, we participated in some studies with guys that you know, like Gong and some other places, we found that 87 83% of sales leaders think they're awesome at developing people. They're awesome at coaching. They got this thing down. I don't need help with leadership. They just want more you know, sales tools. When you flip it around and you ask the reps that work for those people, they say, how good is the coaching or the one-on-one -on -one development you're getting? Only 13% say what they get is helpful ever. So when you look at that, it's a crisis. And if you don't believe that, Maxwell, I'll, then I'll shut up. I'll get your take. There are companies now that are emerging. John Barrows and I, another good friend of both of ours, we talked about this. There are companies that are emerging where, where companies are basically punting. They're saying, we can't do this because we know we suck at it. And we're just going to hire outside companies to come in here and do the coaching and the development. And we'll hope that they can figure out how to do what our managers never could do. And so that tells me loud and clear that if companies are punting, we got a crisis, man. And if, if the quality of leadership is what acts as the bat signal and attracts people to come work for you, it's also the magnet that will repel them from you. And so that's why I think it's the hottest thing that we can talk about for sales leaders right now. And since this is a sales leadership podcast, I, I'm excited for you and I to get into this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can't outsource coaching. You can't outsource leadership. That's absurd. I mean, you, I think you can bring people in to train and help with enablement, but you can't outsource leadership. So Amen. what are you seeing that's being done right now to solve for this crisis? So the ways that people are punting, I see like, for instance, call coaching companies where they'll get the recorded calls from Chorus or Gong, for instance, or ExecVision, and they'll provide the breakdowns and actually try and do the one-on-ones to have people improve, uh, try and have people make commitments on what they might do differently. And it's the leaders that are like, again, I can say it again, they're punting. And, and that's one of the things they're trying to do for a solve, uh, Max. But there's a lot of tools that are starting to show up. I, I actually am seeing a sales coaching stack showing up. There's a lot of people that are trying to help leaders do this. But honestly, I think the biggest problem is role. Uh, I think you've seen me share my model of the four things that leads to performance. And it's the aptitude of the people you hire. So the aptitudes of the people who are getting promoted. Okay. It's the level of motivation they have. It's the skills they have. And the final is what they think their role is. Well, here's another problem that I see is massively crazy right now. Uh, I, I, the most recent person I've seen uh, talk about this is Scott Lease yesterday, another good friend of both of ours. People with zero experience are becoming VPs of sales and, and they're like using their influence on LinkedIn or other places to become a VP when they've never, ever done it before. And so that's why I don't see the crisis getting solved anytime soon because I'm seeing more and more people say experience is overrated. And I'll just go run a sales team because I think I can do it. And with LinkedIn, you could probably, like, there'd be a funny experiment for somebody to do. You could probably put a couple different companies and, uh, and then, like, a sales consultancy or something like that on your LinkedIn. And then do a bunch of, read a bunch of books, regurgitate a bunch of stuff on your, uh, you know, news feed. And probably get a VP of sales job 
with, you know, a, a up and coming startup or something like that. Probably not one of the top tier ones, but just off of that. And now you're a VP and now you've yeah, established exactly. yourself that way. Yeah, no, right. you're right on And it's crazy. And so that's why you see me come back and say, man, if you're a sales leader, the number one thing we should do is stop and say, what is my role? Yeah. And here's one of the things I think is a mistake, Max. I mean, I'm telling you, like I, I've heard, uh, so I'm a CEO. I've been told the number one job of a CEO is to not miss the number. Do not miss what you tell a board you'll do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I sometimes think that we get so concerned on the number that the VP of sales says the same thing. My number one job is to not miss the number. And I can understand that, but I think that we've got to be a little more intro- introspective and say, are we valuing the development of people or just the hitting of the number? And I think that's what screws up more things than anything else. Because I say I can outsource the coaching part because I'm going to try and do this other thing, or I'm going to outsource the development part. There's, a, there's only a handful of people that I think are really good at the development part. One of the guys that comes to mind is Kevin Dorsey. He's an awesome developer of people. And, but if you ask him what the role is, and I've done that on this show, I've asked him, his primary role is develop people. And that's why he's awesome at it. How do leaders become better managers and managers become better leaders? Now you're asking a great question. Um, you know, they're, they, they absolutely are things that get in each other's way. Because at the end of the day, there are things that have to be managed, but I don't think anybody woke up in the morning, Max. I mean, do you wake up this morning and say, I want to be managed? No. <laughs> yeah, nobody. nobody wakes up in the morning and wants to be managed. But most people like the idea of being inspired, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important for us to create well-lit pathways to success and, and have people, I, I, that's what I think the second thing is. So we talked about role. I think it's super important that we have people buy into this mission mentality and we have people sign up for where they're going to go rather than take orders of where they need to go. And then we create these unique pathways for how we get there. And I think that's the hardest part of leadership. Leadership is about creating individual pathways to success. One of the biggest mistakes I see, Max, is, is you know, when, when all the SaaS tech came out, there's a big push around data-driven leadership. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing data-driven leadership. But what it did was it created this advent of the spreadsheet. Every head of sales has their magic spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. And um, nobody wants to be compared to the averages on the spreadsheet. I just, I've, I've learned this. Nobody wants to see what does Max Altshuler's magic spreadsheet say and where do I stack up? Because I can't see it. I get anxiety about it. I don't know how it works. I don't know where, what feeds it. I don't know what fuels it. I can't manage myself to it. And so I think that spreadsheet leadership is one of the reasons we have a crisis because it's highly depersonalized and leadership is about helping people find their individual pathway to get to the place that they want to go. But that also fuels the purposes of the company. And if you're a good leader, you can line those up and management then is about getting people to make commitments about where they want to go on that pathway that they talked about and setting commitments on how, what I'm going to do next to get there. I mean, you and me are both big sports fans. I mean, you and me, I can think of a time we were together at a steakhouse and we dictated the table we wanted because we wanted to see the game when we were eating, right? In fact, fact, I remember they opened up a section just for you and me so we could watch the game while we ate, right? Yep, yep. Yankees, and it was a Yankees, uh, Yankees Astros or something like that. And then the Dodgers, uh, Nationals. We we saw both of those games, yeah. yeah. And and both of our teams lost, I think, that I know they ended up losing the series, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the Astros probably cheated. We've learned that yeah, about them now. So. Exactly. Anyway, um, I think that most leaders, they don't – they fail. Where they fail on this is I got so much to do. This idea of creating individual pathways, you know, that's hard for me to do, man. 
Yeah. And, I, and I get it. I, I understand. That's why I go back to role again. So what is your role? If your role is to inspire and help people get places that they wouldn't have got on their own, then I think the best leaders, they prioritize that. And they say, if I'm doing that right, then I should be able to have this get me where I need to go as a leader. But if all I'm ch chasing is deals, hey, what are the biggest deals? What are the most strategic deals? I'm going to be involved in those. It's an easy trap to fall into. And here's why. Most sales leaders, when they get promoted to being a sales leader, they've been fairly successful. They may not have been the very best, but they've been good. They've been able to close business. And developing people is a little bit different uh, skill set. And so when I see, I got pressure to hit a number and, oh, wow, there's like 10 deals there and I can close those deals. So they get into deal chasing mode. And instead of helping people get developed so they can close those deals, we go in and we become a, a crutch instead of a coach and we just do our thing. And we actually stunt the growth of people rather than help the growth of people. Interesting. Um, if that makes sense. What do you think? Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, well, I liked your point about like nobody, nobody gets up wanting to be managed. And it's, a, it's about empowering your team and removing roadblocks and helping them and not, not micromanaging them. Uh, nobody wants to be micromanaged. Everybody wants to be the CEO of their own book, their own territory, all that kind of stuff. And they want to feel supported in that, you know, that they can make as much money as possible. And that's one of the reasons why I started Sales Hacker. I was like, oh, well, um, you know, I'm not an academic. There are probably not a lot of other jobs that'll get me in the room, in the building, but sales will get me in the room. That's right. Sales keeps the lights on. And I can be the CEO of my own territory, my own book, my own process. I can get creative about the things that I do. And I was driven by that. Oh, and by the way, I'm coin operated. I want to make as much money as possible. So, you know, if I was managing somebody like me, I'd understand those things. And those things would help a leader manage someone like that. They would help light that pathway that you're talking about. So it's getting to understand and know your reps. And I mean, there are certain things you could batch across your entire organization. Then there are certain things that, you know, you have to empower your managers to understand about the reps that they're, you know, the managing, how they get the most out of their people. But I have a, a question for you. Yeah. But it, it goes a little bit deeper. So before you ask yeah. the question, let me finish what we're talking about, because I realized I never finished because we got sidetracked with the assholes yeah. as cheaters. I never finished that story. Okay. So here's what makes the great leaders so great in developing people. Yeah. They don't get into one-on-ones and read box scores of the past, Max. Yep. They, don't, they don't make a, lead, a rep like justify what they did last week or in the last two weeks or whatever. Yep. They, they pull out the grease board you know, and they draw up the next play. And so I believe that's one of the simple, simple changes between average or below average and great is are you mindful of what's coming next or are you just talking about what happened in the past? Yeah. And so to me, that's a big one. I want to get to your question now, but I, I think that's a big deal that, you know, that's why I think that has everything to do with it. Most leaders, they're in this spreadsheet, you know, data driven place. So they're just trying to compare averages against an individual instead yeah. of saying, what are we going to do next? It's, Oh, look at, did you stack up on the spreadsheet? Yep, exactly. And so you're looking at historicals and you're looking at, at uh, okay. Instead you of know, what's next. Here's what you did and, and here's what we need to do better next time. That's right. Type thing. So your background is pretty diverse, dynamic. I mean, you've got 
SVP sales from Zion's Bank. Would you have three thousand reps? I think it was or something like that. Just over, yeah, we had a lot. It was over a yeah. thousand. It wasn't three thousand. Okay. It was okay. over a thousand. But you get to four digits, like so. I got a lot of customers that have three thousand, and, and yeah. those sales leaders find me relevant because when you get north of, of four digits, I mean, it's a big challenge. Yeah, so thousand still still strong. Yeah. Forgot, didn't didn't realize. Yeah, okay. So you got a thousand in Zion's, but then you know you were the SVP sales at Higher View um, yeah. recently uh, sold for a half a billion, which is you yeah. know a nice outcome. Not, not a not a bad deal. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 pretty diverse, right? Big huge company, and then hyper growth startup. Um, what about those experiences made you want to start Exploit? Great question. I needed a coaching system. I needed a system to help my reps get better faster. Mm-hmm. So when I was with a small company, Higher View was small. We had, we had, you know, decent sized sales team, uh, more than I have here at Exploit. But what I found was when I tried to parachute in and just help close deals, which I'm good at doing, I love doing it. Listen, I'll never not define myself as a salesperson, Max. I love closing business, bro. Yeah. Love it. But whenever I do that, I stump the growth. And it didn't matter if I was at Higher View or if I was at Zions. It was very acute to me at Zions because I'd worked for small to medium sized companies. And I'd done pretty well there for, you know, tech companies, you know, companies like Omniture and a couple of other places. Um, when I got to Zions, it was literally impossible for me to parachute in and do anything with that many reps. Does that make sense? Yep. My new business number was 2 billion annually in new business. Forget about the recurring business. I had to get net new of 2 billion. The wow. only way we could do that is if my frontline managers, and for those 1,000, I had about 170 frontline managers that were managing people. I realized super fast, Max, I needed them to be effective. We spent a lot of money on a, on a process to say, how do we make sure the 1,000 people are not selling a 1,000 different ways? But what I hadn't done is said, what's my process to make sure I don't have 170 different ways that we're developing people? And I had a big, big epiphany. It wasn't about getting people to work harder. It was getting them to add more purpose to what they did. So whether it was fueling their engine, and you and I both know the sales equation, opportunity starts, revenue per customer, win rate, and speed. I, I, I simplified it to those four metrics, got very predictive. But then on the flip side, it was, can we also help with opportunity management, which I still think is the hottest part of sales, just needs to be done the right way. I needed a way for those 170 people to become great leaders, not just managers that were living by a spreadsheet. When I then left and was doing it at Hireview, I got back into SaaS again, I found the same thing. We had a number of managers, not, a, not 170 managers, but mm-hmm. those managers were ill-equipped. We had all these tools. We had Salesforce. We had DocuSign. We had LinkedIn. We had, you know, there was no outreach yet uh, when I was there. So we, yep. didn't have, we didn't have anything like that. But we had a number of sales stack tools, okay? And we were trying to help the reps. But we had nothing for the managers, Max. It was only rolled up dashboards and, again, the magic spreadsheet. Yep. And um, so what inspired me to do that was I figured out and invented a number of things at Zions. I won a bunch of American business awards there and Salesforce actually came to me and they said, if you took this manual system that you had and you put it into a piece of technology, there's a business there and and we would partner with you. And that's why I started it because I see that sales leaders are left on their own and I'm going to shut up and let you talk again, brother. I believe that the sales leadership job is the loneliest place in business. And there are very few resources. That's why Sales Hacker was awesome. You were a huge resource for me when I was at Zions and at Sales Hack at, 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 at Higher View. Yeah. Uh, you were a huge resource. I understand that space. We don't have a lot of resources, man. Yep. And so that's why Exvoyant was designed. I knew I had to start at A. It was a, it was a subset of my life's work. I had a, a approach to helping sales leaders get better faster. But most important, done correctly, your freaking reps, thank you for it, Max. That's yeah. why. 
It's amazing just when you can start something that you solve your own problem, but you're also super passionate about. You spent your life doing, you know, it's like you're, you're, you've dedicated your life to, you know, sales, to That's leadership, right. to, and, and making others better. You know, the amount that you, you know, do this podcast and you, you speak at other events, you are all about delivering value and sharing the, the knowledge and experience that you've gained over a long period of time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, we thank you as, you know, this, I could say that as the sales hacker community, 160,000 subscribers strong. You know, we appreciate it. Um, and, you know, the other thing you said, uh, I think you said before, but, you know, note that I have from previous conversations, uh, tenure for the VP of sales down from 24, uh, 24 months down to 18 months. So it is a role, you know, not only is it lonely, but uh, your ass is out if you miss your number and nobody, you know, it's like nobody's coming to save you. No, you can have one bad year, but not two. That's what that means. You can have one bad year, but not two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think these days it's like you could have one bad quarter, Four. but not two. Yes. You know, I think it's, it's more accurate, right? So yeah. um, it is a lonely place. I want to, I want to put you on the spot real quick. See if you have an answer for this. Um, All right. You know, those thousand reps that, uh, at Zion's, the other, you know, let's say 100 or whatever at uh, Hire you. Um, do you have an example or a good story around like a, a rep who was saved from good coaching that went on to have like a, a great career or something like that? 100%. I got and, so and, many and of them, man. Tell me a good story, not only about like the, the person and, and, and the story, but what did you do or what did that leader do to, to change the situation or what did that rep do to adapt? So most of the time when someone misses a number, they get a warning. And then when they miss again, they get put on a performance improvement plan. That's kind of how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people will let you miss a couple of times. Like you said, the stakes are so high right now. You get to miss once. And then if you miss in consecutive ones, you get put on a pit, right? And and so you get this stigma that the only people who are getting that kind of stuff or getting developed with like that are the people who suck. And so you have this mindset of, I don't want to go meet with my boss because if I go there and I do that, it's because I suck. And that's got this big problem. So that, that's going to set the stage for the story that I'm about to tell you, because there's a couple of them. And I, I'm going to talk about one first at Zion's and I'll tell another one from, from higher view. I got a lot, and I got so many, I actually like the ones better when, cause we work with, with leaders for some of the world's most successful companies. Um, but let me tell you a couple of my stories. Then I'll, and if you want more, we can talk about it. But uh, this is a gentleman that was fairly early in his career. Okay. And um, in fact, I'm switching stories right now because this is a customer story. It's one of my favorite ones to, to tell. Okay. And it's very similar to mine. Uh, he's a millennial, 20 uh, something uh, salesperson had chosen sales, got in and early on he struggled to hit quota. Okay. He was working hard. He was, he was having sales calls. He was doing all the things he was asked to do, but he was just working hard. And at the end of his first few quarters, he was at the bottom of the barrel. And you've seen the ex technology that yep. was in the poor category. So he was in the poor category. And, um, and so that put him on a pit. And so uh, the, the person who was a sales leader, I happened to be working very closely with the sales leader. It was one of those ones where I said, I'll personally be your coach on this. And I, I get to do that every now and then. And so it's fun for me because I like to keep my coaching skills current, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, And so um, Troy and I were working with this individual, or I was working with Troy, so Troy could work with this individual. And he's like, well, I'm just going to put him on a 90-day plan. And if he, does, if he misses his number any of the 30 days between now and then, he's out, which is really common. The reason I like that story, Max, is you know that's super common. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, definitely, so, especially in the larger organizations. But 
You know, it's funny, actually, I would say, especially in the larger organizations, but even in the smaller organizations, Small, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's common too. And for, for different reasons. Yeah. So that's why I like that background. So I'm going to put him on an any plan. If he ever misses any of those, his ass is out. We're going to have HR come in. I'll be there. We're going to sign this contract every 30 days. He has to renew the contract. And if he's fortunate at 90 days, that goes away. Okay. Just think about what that's done. Is that, first of all, is that inspiring to the dude? No, no, no. All you did was give him 90 day notice that I got 90 days that they're funding my job search. Fair to say? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I know I'm out. Yeah. You know, right? Like I don't have the pipeline. I'm not going to hit the 30 yeah, days. I'm not going to right it. now. Right. So like, you know, so we changed it. I said, don't put them on that. I said, let's, let's do this differently. So we went to the sales equation, those four things that you and I talked about. Said, so he doesn't have enough pipeline. So let's make the first 30 days about pipeline creation. And so we set coaching goals and we were able to derive you know, how many new opportunity starts he needs. And so, you know, did what you've seen our tech do, but instead of saying, hit your number, we set a different type of goal. And so there were, they were weekly goals that were around pipeline creation. And so this guy set some, some pipeline creation goals and very, very quickly, what we decided was we were going to have the head of sales sit in on a large number of those in the first week to find out where the, was it, what was the problem? Cause we knew it wasn't a work ethic problem. And so if it's not a work ethic problem, then my belief is we owe it to the rep to help him figure out how to crack the code. So mm-hmm. this guy sat in on it and very quickly uh, by sitting on calls, but also using some gong recordings, um, they were able to find there was a very specific part of the process. So they changed the goals. They had them listen to a few of those calls done, right? They set goals on trying to do it this different way. And then the next week it went from X number of calls to X number of opportunity starts. And one week they shifted that small thing from X number of calls to X number of opportunity starts. That then led to a healthy pipeline where we then took them on a nice journey over 90 days from overcoming this objection, changing cycle time. And at the end of the year, not only was he off of the plan, but because he had tailored one-on-ones that every 30 days they were doing a very specific uh, competency related to the sales job, by the end of the year, um, he'd gone from the poor category to the star category and he made President's Club in one year. Wow, that's amazing. In one year. And so that's one of my favorite stories because there's old school coaching theory that, that started with CEB. And I see, it scares me, Max. I see a lot of coaching companies now saying, move the middle, forget about the top and the bottom. The old school coaching theory would have said, this dude that I'm talking about that's in the poor, get his ass out. And by the way, when they get to the top, just leave them alone. Don't screw it up. All of those things are wrong. We are in a modern day sales world now where people choose where they're going to go based on, will you help me get better? Yeah. Okay. Now, what I love most about my story isn't just that this gentleman, his name is Drew. Drew went from uh, poor to star. And I think about all things. Think about how he felt about his career at the beginning. I'm looking for a job. I probably have poor. I don't feel good about myself. Uh, I question, can I feed my family? What kind of things can I do for my children? What kind of colleges can I provide? Now it's totally different. You should see him. He told me recently, Rob, I got people trying to hire me all the time. I'll never leave. I'm like, why will you never leave? He's like, because my boss, Troy, he did something for me that I know he can do again. Now he's taking me to here. We're going to go what's next next year. Yep. That's worth staying for. How so, many, uh, how many uh, managers to rep do you think is the right ratio then to be eight. able to give people that one-on-one? Okay. So that, that, that white glove touch, so to speak, you know, the eight's the perfect number. Eight's my favorite number. You can go up to 10, but 10's hard. I've yeah. talked to, a, you know, your colleague, Mark Kosoglo about this. He's found the same thing. He thinks it's six to eight. I yeah. think it's eight. 
And uh, what I love is like with Mark, the reason he says six to eight, he wants to be hands-on. That's one of the things that yeah. makes you guys a great organization and yeah. outreach is you provide that kind of leadership. Yep. And, um, and that's we, why you're having so much success. We renamed our SKO to the growth summit and it's an Beautiful. internal event. Same thing as SKO, but we spend, um, we, we spend a lot of that time making the team better. We spend a lot of time, you know, this year we focused a lot on storytelling. We focused a lot on even, you know, um, roadmap type stuff that our reps were really pumped about. We were investing in their growth. You know, it was not just, um, you know, I don't know the the same old stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. We're investing in you. You're an outreach rep. Like we're going to make you better. That's important to us. And and it shows, and I'm telling you, people are making decisions. So, and you're a great tech company. You're, you're one of the next billion dollar companies right now. But it's not just tech companies this works for. Like I had another story with the Waste Management Corporation. They are like a manufacturing and industrial company. They sell garbage services. And most people would think, who wants to get excited about that, right? But I'll tell you, they have a policy. Like it's an internal, not policy. They have an internal attitude mindset, Max. When they hire someone, they say, we're hiring you to the last job you'll ever take. Yeah. And one of their cool things that they do is they are winning talent, not because they pay the most. They're, willing to, they're winning talent because as part of the recruitment process, they're saying, here's how we'll develop you. Here's how we're going to help you learn. Here's how we're going to help you get better. Not to here's the leads we'll give you. Yeah. Here's our approach to developing your skills. Yeah. And we understand what that journey is, just like we understand what the customer journey is. Yeah. So companies that are doing that are re- recruiting better people, having higher success rates, and doing what you said. They're moving from having meetings to having experiences that people say, this is why I work here. And I'll tell you what, it's inevitable that the future of sales, at least for now, is millennial and Gen Z because yep. these are the people that are moving into these roles that are graduating colleges and starting out while the you know, previous That's generations right. retire. These people are less coin-operated than previous generations. Like They want, they want to know that you're going to be there and yes. coach them and evolve them and things like that. It is way more important to the millennial and Gen Z you know, kind of – you know, checklist when they, they go never to before. decide where they're going to work than any other generation previously. And, and you know, I, I think leadership has to adapt to that, even if they're not in those buckets. I mean, that is, that is how you're going to keep your talent. I'm seeing it in every industry. So at Exvoyant, we work a third, a third, a third, a third of our business is in financial institutions. A third of our business is in, you know, high growth tech companies. And a third of our business is in manufacturing and industrial. And we're seeing it across the board, Max. Yep. You're not insulated from it. The people that you're recruiting, the people that you need to like go to the next level, that one of the top two things they're looking at, it's how are you going to develop me and how are you going to further my, my education, so to speak? How are you yep. going to help me advance? And Jocko's found the same thing. You, you and I, you've had Jocko and I speak on this a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. It's, it's not something that I think, I think it, the data has shown up for at least a year and a half now. Yep, exactly. Cool. Well, we're running out, bud. We're this coming is, up on yeah. time, but this has been a great episode. Um, you know, we are, we did a flip, flip the tables type thing. And uh, I think, I think it worked out pretty well for the listeners. What do you think? So, so let me summarize, man. I would start yeah, with roll, start with role, right? And make sure that your role and your, your focus is I'm going to develop people, not saying Kumbaya, but people that can get me to goal. Number two, I'm going to individualize and I'm not going to, you know, take a one size fits all approach to it. And then number three, which we didn't really talk about, 
I, I'd make sure that people know you're authentic, that you have their interests in mind and you're doing this to help them develop. Uh, it's not so much what they can do for you, but you're here to do something for them. If you can be that kind of leader, you could overcome the crisis. I love it. I love that authenticity piece. That's killer. Cool. Well, do you want to, do you want to wrap up the episode or should I wrap up? No, the you're wrapping it up, dude. You're the host. You got to do the so what now. I don't man. have a, I don't have a <laughs> script. I don't know what to say. Thank you to our sponsors, Outreach. Go to Unleash. Get over to Unleash. Thank you to our sponsors, Outreach. Outreach is the greatest, is the best in the world. Oh yeah. Thank you to our other sponsors, Exvoyant. Also uh, amazing sales technology. You should check that out. We, t- we did talk a lot about Exvoyant, um, which was. And Outreach. Great. As we and Outreach. Have. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I hope we, we didn't come off uh, pitchy, but you know, the, nope. your experience and the, the way that you leveraged it to, um, create the, the technology and the company, um, I think is very important for people to know. I think it is, it is also valuable. Um, even if people decide that they, they can't buy or won't buy, you know, explain it for some reason right now, it's, um, there's so many like learnings and, and, you know, pieces of value and artifacts that people can take away from a conversation like this, no matter what. So um, whatever it is, whether it's an inspirational type thing or it's things that you can actually use in your business right now. And I like that. Max, I'm excited to see it. Outreach. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Thanks to you for what you've done for the sales community, man. You've done big things in legitimizing the profession, advancing the profession, modernizing the profession. Stoked to see what you're doing at Outreach. And and as the host of the show, usually, just not today, uh, (laughs) thank you for being the only person that we've had on three times. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> looking forward to number four. I don't know what that's going to be about, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll figure something out. It'll be epic, whatever it is. Thanks, yeah. my friend. Love it. Yeah. We'll see you, man. Happy selling. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exploit, the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exploit at Exvoyant.com.